Hey, 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 welcome to the Pack Rugby Show. Sorry, uh, felt like my chair was sinking under the weight of expectation that I carry every single week. But welcome to the Pack Rugby Show. My name's Jay Boy. Welcome to the Double Take Studios. As per usual, we're fizzing at the bunghole. We've got a very special guest this evening. Um, before we do that, introduce my co-host for this evening. He's getting his second, maybe third start. Big Fat Dars is up on the starters bench. Yeah! And Quirky as and well, quirky. the boys. Doesn't feel natural, though. Feels a bit weird. Yeah, that is casting couch and a half, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> gross. We're, we're man. ready for it. <laughs> Easily to wipe off too, man. But, uh, but as I said, very special guest this evening. Uh, he's finally back in Australia after playing his trade over in Japan. None other than former Wallaby halfback Nick Phipps. Yes, Nick Phipps, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mate, thanks going? very yeah, much for joining us. This is first time caller. Nice. Yeah, hell yeah, mate. Well, we've had a few. Uh, we had to get you on the blower. I think uh, we you're one of our most uh, requested guests. A lot of the time, that actually comes from former guests saying like, "Oh, mate, if there's someone you got to get on, it's Fancy." So we're <laughs> so pumped to finally have you on. But before we uh, sort of get into the weird shit. Look, huge news out of the UK um, earlier today in regards to London Irish, your old mob. Actually, uh, j Ball, before we get to that, something that's more pressing. Uh, is it true, Nick, that you uh, were named Men's Health Celebrity Man of the Year and you beat Manu Fidel? <laughs> is that true? Correct, yeah. Oh. Ra- raining. Raining. Is raining. Well. Raining. Like, hasn't been run since. Oh, we found him. We found him. He cannot be beaten. Yeah. Oh. Well, you, you still have the trophy. You have to hand it in. Love it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was more serious. Thanks yeah, for that that's actually class. didn't know that. Yeah, that was a rough period of my career. That one. What? <laughs> really? Why? Run us through it. What happened there? Was it just a lot of shit talk from the boys more than anything else? Oh, it was like the media. The media lady at our club at the Waratahs <laughs> was like, "Listen, we need a bit of promotion for the club. Men's health just want to do like a Q and A and like." be a couple of photos it'll be it'll be nothing it'll be easy as would take a couple of hours I, I was like yeah all right so it was in the middle of our holidays and then uh turned up and there was like semi-trailers <laughs> there was like 30 people there there was smoke machines there was tires there was ropes there was a full <laughs> oh, world ropes. drove and i it was like a four-hour photo shoot <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then uh, i was like thank god that's done next day i was like saying to her i was like oh yeah thanks for the stitch up there it was a long day and she goes, oh, yeah, so the competition will start next month. We'll start pushing stuff out about that. I was like, what do you mean? What competition? She's like, oh, it's actually for Men's Health Man of the Year. Uh, and uh, these are your competitors. And I was like, like you said, it was like Manu Fidel, someone from home and away. And it was just relentless because it was like a three-month comp and the boys were just every day just rinsing me. <laughs> Long off-season. Hey, but you did it. Reigning champion, right? <laughs> I love that. There's also be a little bit yeah, of je- jealousy. It, there, it, yeah, it was funny oh. as well because, uh, yeah, what well, I, I took a few of the boys from the Pentagon to the um, yeah. awards night, and they ended up winning. And I was just sort of like, "Well, this is a bit awkward." <laughs> one, of the, one of the home away guys stormed off. He was oh. really upset. <laughs> was, his abs done and everything. It was an open bar, so we had a pretty good night. It was well worth it. Love it. <laughs> the dude from home and away would be so pissed off, man. Oh, bloody <laughs> Manu Fidel. So it was just like, well, good day. That is a crazy pull, Big Fat Dars. How you pulled that out yeah. of your ass, your brain scares me. Um, as I said, though, on a more serious note, coming out of um, 
out of the UK, your old mob, London Irish, now one of three clubs this season that's had their uh, their registration for next season um, uh, pulled after there was a, a failed US takeover. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, as a former teammate to a lot of the guys there, this must be really difficult to watch. Yeah, it is. I've been chatting to so many of the boys there because you know, I only left last year. I'm still such good mates with all of them over there. It's been carnage as well. Just, you know, the way that no one's really been telling the truth and how it's just fallen apart around them. And as usual, it's only the players, the staff and the, the fans that suffer. Um, all that stuff happening up at the top has just been so poorly run. It's really disappointing for it to, to come to a head like this over the last few days. And now, you know, season preseason supposed to start in two weeks and there's mm-hmm. 80 so rugby players just from London Irish looking for a job along with, you know, Wasp, Waspa, a lot of the people out of Wales. So... Yeah, it's just a very sad, sad situation because the club has been around for you know, 120 years. It's so old and so traditional and for it to fall over just like this is very sad. Mate, it's brutal. Yeah, it, mate, that is brutal. It is brutal. We'll uh, hopefully get yeah. onto a bit of the, uh, the nicer yeah. but stuff. But in saying that, like, hope, yeah, well, hopefully, like, it, hopefully some of the coaches over here are looking, you know, at some of those clubs. There's so many good players mm-hmm. there. There's some big thick boys in the front row and there's some tall timber there that you could just pick the eyes out of there's good opportunities there to sort of bring in some of that european experience into into super rugby and you know if i was one of the jams of the, the super clubs over here i'd be having a good look around bloody eye watch the space watch the space <laughs> fang more on to you big man uh obviously uh a poor king's boy as they say and uh, a sydney uni tragic and then obviously cruised into a nice healthy contract end of the melbourne rebels mate how were those initial first few years because i know it happened pretty quickly it was uh it was honestly the best thing for me uh to be honest i i had to work hard in club rugby which as we we all know is one of the best nurseries of footy players ever I'd, i think the best part about being club rugby is you're going out and you're getting, you know, your head shoved up your ass by some 32-year-old carpenter when you're 20 years old. You know, that's how you learn the trade. And I uh, finally got my opportunity. I'm not even finally. I got an opportunity at Melbourne Rebels and I absolutely loved it because we weren't one of the big teams either. Like it was, um, you know, it was just starting off. With, there wasn't really a lot expected from us just to, but to be able to compete and get a lot of footy into me week in, week out with some of the great players who, you know, a lot of them were at the tail end of their career, but the, the knowledge they had around the game were fantastic for me. And it definitely, you know, gave me the opportunity to leapfrog into the rest of my career. With uh, with signing with the Rebels, a uh, brand new team into the Super Rugby, what um, uh, what was that like, trying to, trying to set the culture, set the standard, all that kind of stuff in the first couple of years? It was interesting as well from a young guy's perspective. Yeah. I was only 20 years old. Being able to watch that now was so interesting to me, even now, so looking back on it, there was, you know, some of the biggest, you know, dogs in super rugby in Australian rugby all coming together. And it was like, you know, you got your Adam Fryer, Sterling Morlock, Julian Huxley, Sam Cordingly, like a lot of these older players that have been around for a long while. Uh, Luke Rooney was there, Jared Safi from Luke league. And those two right. teams had gone really well in the oh, day. So seeing Luke Rooney, sort of I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of the greats as yeah. well. Yeah, he wasn't. He um, wasn't uh, getting the magazine of the year. No, was he? <laughs> was he on the list? Was he? Uh, uh, he yeah, wasn't yeah. On the list from memory. Um, but bringing those guys together and the standards they set from the different clubs have been that was really interesting, and it was a good way to sort of learn as a young guy the way that 
they dictated from day one. We uh, Our results sort of struggled a bit because those guys that I all mentioned were sort of a little bit busted for a fair, <laughs> fair while. But yeah, we, we toiled away and a lot of long, young guys got their opportunity and we, uh, you know, we had a really good time. We, we worked our way sort of, we were definitely bottom of the ladder the first year and then we worked our way slowly up to the mid, middle of the table. And, um, you know, it was, like I said, it was a great opportunity. I, I loved my time down there. And I want to ask as well, so after four seasons there, you obviously moved back to Sydney to become part of the Tars, and 2014 culminates in, in that famous Super Rugby Premiership. Uh, run us through that, like obviously the the vibe at the club during that period and obviously your journey getting back to Sydney there, but also just, as I said, culminating in that Premiership. That must have been pretty special to be a part of. It was awesome, especially as a New South Wales boy. Um, <laughs> you know, I always... I grew up here. Every, everything was done here, my footy and everything. I, I always wanted to come home, I guess, at some stage of my career. Obviously, very appreciative for the opportunity Melbourne gave me, but uh, I remember being in the off-season. I was back at home. It was my birthday, and Czech, Czech called me out of the blue. Never spoke to me. He's like, mate, let's have a meeting. And I was like, so I can't say, oh, it's my birthday, mate. Can we do it another time? So I was like, straight in the car. I'm a good star. Straight to him. <laughs> and I uh, left my parents behind, and I, I ducked in and met him, and he sold a really good vision. I wanted to be always wanted to be a part of it, and I was, I was hooked day one. So it was it was great, and he I think that that was his second year in control. So you know what they say about coaches: the second and third years, the, the, the time when they actually get the squad they want together, and mm-hmm. things sort of just came together. It was a it was an unbelievable year. People didn't rate us early on, which was great, and we snuck under the radar for a fair bit, and we we ended up going on a really good run through the middle of the year, which is unbelievable. And you did. You know, annoying you sort of take it for granted at the time just when yeah. things are going so well and you look back on it and you just realize how hard that was to replicate and how many things went into that the players the coaches the staff everyone to to get to that title and the final series was surreal we're playing the biggest teams and we we managed to just be on a hot streak and, and roll them all into the final and you know had an awesome game against the crusaders in the final and, and beat one of the you know arguably the best teams of all time mm-hmm Mate, it's as good as it gets, mate. You covered it a little bit, mate. Check. He's a bit of a mastermind. <laughs> he's a bit of a he's a bit of a unique cat. Um, you know, you dived into a little bit just about the guy he was, but can you just tell us a little bit more about the the man he is and the coach he is? I know I uh, heard a few stories out of the Pentagon about his uh, his golf analogy and and a few things uh, in the change room. But mate, him as a bloke and him as a coach. Yeah, he's he's. Um... He's the kind of guy, he's a little bit like Eddie, you know, he's the kind of guy that just asks the best out of you. So if you're not delivering that or he only wants effort areas, if you're not delivering that, he's off you, which is fair enough. You want your coach to be demanding the best out of the players that he's got. And he sells a vision that's unbelievable. Uh, He believed before all of us did that we could win the title. And he just, his main job was convincing us almost and uh, putting all the hard work and all the effort into it and, you know, so he, his training methods were mad. They were awesome. They, there was so much running and, and just bashing each other. He had this theory that um, you, get, you become battle-hardened. So the more that we're just beating each other up, the more that we'd be fine against all the South Africans. And I think uh, the reason why he sort of shocked the system a bit is like he brought back that old school that, yeah. you know, nowadays there's so much like, you got to hit these meters and you need this many accelerations and rock arrivals, stats. Yeah, all that stuff. Whereas he was like, right, here's a piece of chalk, run down that road. I might blow the whistle in 20 seconds or 
five minutes, just run as hard as you can. Don't stop. And, the, and then the big Lebs on his bicycle riding behind him as yelling at you, going, ah! <laughs> That's the stuff they don't do enough of, you know. It's always like 60 metres and then you have 20 seconds break and you run back. Like that sort of old school stuff was awesome. And then blow the whistle and he's like, right, write your name on the road, sweet, okay. Next time you've got the same time to get back to where we started or you're doing it again. And that, that's, the, that's the old school toughness that we sort of developed as a group that – you know, helped us out in a lot of those really tough periods against a lot of the Kiwi teams towards the end of the season. But also the perks of a private yacht, so. Oh, man. <laughs> That'll do. Oh. What, uh, actually, before I get to my question, what, um, the Pentagon, is that, is that New South Wales HQ? The Pentagon? Yes, uh, correct. No, it is? So, well, that's actually, it's, Pentagon is, uh, it was, famous, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, it is New South Wales, right? Waratahs yeah. HQ, but it's a set, so yes, it was a place that you lived at with who was there? Oh, there was Bernard yeah. Foley, oh, Michael yeah. Hodge, Josh Coops, uh, John O'Lance, John O'Lance, yeah, yeah, and then we a, had the, the Muggle Coops, <laughs> the Muggle, yeah, mate. A lot of famous stories have come out of there, uh, <laughs> you know, what did that, what did that really do in regards to sort of um, uh, building the culture or the vibe? At the Tars, did that have anything to do with it or, or in any respect? Because, as I said, it, a lot of famous stories come out of there. It actually did because, I guess, in every team I've been in, you'd need that sort of, like, not not at all dominant, but, like, that loud group, you know, always yeah. sort of bringing the boys up, having a laugh. You, you often laughed at them. Like, I know a London Irish, we had an academy house who just used to have some wild stories every day and <laughs> have a laugh with them and, like, that would sort of bring you all together. We were that group and we were, like, so young and dumb. We... Lived in a house there just down on Bondi, lived a, lived a great life. A lot of the boys uh, were always coming to and from. I don't think we locked the door in about three years. And um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of gatherings back there after games and through the week. And it was awesome. It sort of brought us all together. I think we, uh, we it was definitely Waratahs HQ after we won the title for three days. We, <laughs> we, really, we really dug ourselves in there. And, uh, you know, funny stories that we could tell in a training every day, like John Lance putting milk in the kettle and stuff like that that sort of brought us all together and, um, and just some some good times i think it was a, it was a good point for us in our, our lives and we all sort of have a whatsapp group and we still laugh about a lot of most of the time well just uh just on those good times when uh when the tars when you guys did win the comp in 2014 uh i know you guys drink anyway for free uh, on the northern beaches but that like a <laughs> couple of weeks after winning the comp did you guys get time to soak it all in? Do you look back fondly? Do you guys, what did you guys actually get up to? No, we were in, we were on a bus to Bathurst on Wednesday oh. for getting ready for Bledisloe, and there were some oh. horrible human beings. On our bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was it just the Tars boys as well. But... It was just the Tars boys. It was like a mini bus, so it wasn't even a big bus. It was just a rocky trip all the way in. But yeah, the, those. Four or five days after that title was unreal. I, I think during the week there was, was only me and Bernard playing. Um, so the other three were on preparations for the weekend. And they were, we had a contact at Magnus there who was sponsoring the club. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I can look after you. Just bring your biggest car in. So they they drove, a, I think it was a four, four by four in and got to the warehouse there at Magnus. And he goes, right, anything here you can fit in the car, go. And so the boys, oh. and they like have grey goose. They have like all oh, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so they reckon like 
Hodgie was in the front seat, like feet up, like just tucked in because all the Magnus all just chockers up the back of the car. They absolutely <laughs> stuffed a fool. <laughs> so, so that sort of get us, got us going for a fair bit. And, and it was funny, like all the coaches were back there as well. Like I remember Daryl Gibson kicking cans through our windows towards the back end of the night. It was it was a very funny weekend and you know what it's like. Once you achieve something and uh, you're all together, there's there's nothing better in the world. Bloody eyes. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so, Matt, I, I, I'm just trying to reminisce. My Reds times was about, I think it was 11 days, I think was what what, what we ran at the end. Or Gilly was in the, uh, in the 14s by... By that time, 14 days, I think. Gilly ran. Months. 14 yeah. days old. And I think he was, months yeah, <laughs> 14 months old. Mate, so, okay, we're going to cross 2010. Uh, mate, footsteps, your uncle, your grandfather, mate, strapping on the green and gold, um, 64 caps, two World Cups. Mate, obviously, yeah, yeah, as you said, it happened quite quickly for you, but setting it all out now, is, did you ever expect that you were going to get to that level and reach that, reach that height? Oh no, I, I didn't like, I didn't even want to, like, I knew I was never going to be a professional rugby player. I was, uh, I was the smallest kid in my school. I was like, just holding on to a halfback spot. I obviously tried hard and I was fit and I, you know, worked hard for the boys, but I was nowhere near. I only just started playing rugby because I went to Sydney Uni there um, to study. And then I walked down to training one day. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get a game down here. And I turned up and there was about 12 halfbacks. And I was like, oh. Jesus, it's going to be tough. I'm a few mates at East, see if there's any spots over there. But stuck with it. Um, I'm pretty, you know, I'm very glad, glad I'm did. Uh, I'm the first one to say that I wouldn't have been a professional player if I didn't have my time at Sydney Uni. I know that it's like everyone's second favourite team, but I had a really good time there. They gave me the opportunity to, to work as hard as I wanted to be. And they gave everyone that opportunity. If you wanted to work hard, they were there for you. And I, I just wanted to work hard for the people in my team and I just sort of step up, step up, step up. I learned how to work hard. I learned the ins and out of the game. There's a lot of good coaches there that helped me with everything. And they, uh, you know, they definitely gave me the opportunity to to get an opportunity. And then, like you said, Quirky, with you guys in the sevens, I was nowhere near the sevens team. That was just like, a, I was, remember watching Bernard and Silsey going away to camp. And I was like, yeah, good on you lads, like real pumped. And then Chucky got injured uh, at a camp and Michael O'Connor called me when I was at a 21st and I was like it was mid-afternoon so I was steaming and he gave me a call <laughs> and he like, invited me along to just come and train and I was like yeah cool yeah I'll definitely be there and he, he actually called me again the next day being like just checking that you got that message I knew you were having a pretty good time last time <laughs> 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 but yeah I was, I was supposed to be going to South America for a couple of months with a few mates so pushed the trip back a week and then um Went to camp, ran around, had a really good time. That, you know, did a pretty good job, but it turns out. And someone else got injured in that camp. And then Mick's like, you want to come? I was like, yeah, all right, this will be good fun. <laughs> and uh, ended up going and doing a year of sevens with all you guys and absolutely loving it, doing quite well. I was lucky, had a few breaks and just was playing a lot. And, uh, you know, we did so well at Commonwealth Games. We, you know, we were, no, we were rated nowhere near it. Ended up coming second, getting the silver medal, which is unbelievable. And then... A couple of days later, while we're still in the village, uh, the Wallabies manager called me and said, oh, mate, we've got a spring tour going. You want to come? And I was like, oh, all right, this will be awesome. Like, keep rolling on the I, signed, <laughs> I didn't even sign for a super rugby team. So I was like, 
going into camp and meeting all these rock stars I've been watching at the pub about three weeks earlier. <laughs> it was uh, it was just a surreal experience how quickly it all happened and how many doors were open. But I think the most important thing was every time I went in somewhere, I worked hard and I, I sort of tried to make a good impression. And I think that's sort of that's ninety percent of the battle. If they see that you're working hard, you're a good person, and you want to be there, then they'll give you opportunities. On your time as a... Uh... <laughs> that is why you've almost... All you've really done is chop piss and fallen ass backwards into a professional <laughs> rugby yeah. career. It's brilliant. Yeah. And you're yeah. the most brilliant rugby player we've ever interviewed. <laughs> the recipe... <laughs> That's the recipe, I guess. Yeah. When I was playing sevens as well, I wasn't allowed to play first grade at uni. They were like, oh, you know, you're not fit enough, so you're playing third grade. So I played like half the season that year in 2009 in third grade, just running around at Sydney Uni. So, And then something <laughs> happened and they needed a halfback urgently, so they're like, I went up to first grade. And my first game I played first grade at Sydney Uni, the people's team, I uh, there was like oh, a fight yeah. in the middle of the field. For some reason, I was like 20. I was like, oh, wasn't throwing hands at all. And the ball was just there. So I picked it up and ran through a few blokes and went and scored while there was this massive brawl behind me. I ended up scoring the corner and I later found out that like Robbie Deans was sitting in that corner. So it all sort of just pieced together and worked worked (laughs) its way around. He's like, gee, he must have been playing for a while. It was my first game. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even bring my shorts or socks. I had no idea. It (laughs) ended up being a pretty good day. You're like the rugby version of Forrest Gump. <laughs> just love that. Everything's coming up, Phipps. Mate, um... just, yeah, just run everyone into the ground. That's it. Mate, uh, uh, during your time as a Wallaby, what would you say is your was your best experience? Oh, good question. Definitely World Cup. 2015 yeah. World Cup was unbelievable. Mm. I think uh, just... For the feeling that you know we're so far away from Australia, but we knew everyone back home was like right on us, which was super cool. I, um, we obviously started that tournament, no hope, no one rated us, which was great, and we just floated through. We worked hard. We 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 went through hell in some of those camps with checks. So by that stage, we got to the World Cup. We felt like we deserved to do well. Then we went really well in the pools, and from there, everyone was just straight on. You know, pubs were opening in Sydney you know, two, three in the morning so the games could be seen. We just knew that everyone back home was was loving it and we just went on a roll, really hot roll together and played really well. And there were some fantastic blokes in that team. Like even the master stroke by check bringing back like Gibson and Drew Mitchell. Like oh, yeah. like I said, you need that those people in the group that will bring everyone out. Like we were at the Pentagon, uh, like at the Waratahs, people like Mitch Chapman, Steve Hoyles, Brendan McKibben and Matt Carraro. Like they were all 30, 32 old blokes, played a lot. Um, were there definitely not as the best players in the squad, but they actually brought the best out of all of us because of their experience and how they sat on the bench together and they worked hard and made us better. Like they, just master strokes like that sort of helped us all the way through that 2015 campaign. And even though we fell down right at the end there, um, it was a special experience. Like, you often think, you know, if kids didn't get knocked out 15 minutes in, where we could have gone because we were playing so well, but you never really know. It was, it was just a great tournament and said a lot of us will remember that for a, for a long, long time. Bloody oath. And, and you've had it. We just touched on it. Your career's been absolutely mental. Um, you know, obviously playing your trade in Australia, but you've gone over to London Irish. You're now obviously uh, playing your trade in in, uh, in Japan with the NEC Green Rockets. Um 
you've played in so many different competitions since leaving our shores. What's life like been for you and, and how are you currently enjoying your time in Japan? Yeah, I'm really enjoying my time in Japan. It's just like Quirky will say, it's just life is so different. Um, the footy is, is just unbelievably different in all regards. Like you, you're playing with 60 cat Welsh second rowers and then you've got, you know, Bill from accounts packing yeah. down with him. Like it's it's literally like that. Um, so it's funny how much you. I didn't realise at the time when I signed, but I've really enjoyed helping a lot of those players sort of raise their level a bit, a bit. Like you don't want to go in and just be like, do this, do that. Like be better here. Like you just want to slowly help the squad along the way, and, and I've absolutely loved that. That's been unreal. Um, and in England, I had a great time as well. We. Played three seasons there. We were promoted the year that I arrived. So we, I was like, it was our first year back in Prem and we start, we, we played quite well. We finished sort of middle, middle of the table. And then our last year we went quite well, finished like six or six or something. So that they brought the fans all back. They were right on us. It was an awesome experience. It's just, it's funny, like being away, you realise how good you've got it at home. There's nothing better than, you know, club rugby in Sydney or Queensland or Melbourne or Perth or wherever it is, it's it's a good it's home's always home. I think rugby players have the best opportunity in this country to to actually develop as players. In England, we would have a squad of about seventy and then we'd have about ten academy boys who were literally eighteen straight out of school. And they academy them straight out of school. And those blokes that you know how when we don't play for the Tars, we go back to Sydney Uni or mm-hmm. if you're not playing for the Reds, you go back to Sunnybank or whatever. So you're playing a lot of footy. They don't do that there. There's no club rugby below. So that they a lot of them aren't playing for like three years, three and a half years, unless it's like a B game. But then if they're not in that second team either, they're not playing. Like Same in Japan. Like we have a big squad of about 55, 60, but, you know, those bottom 20 boys would never play it. Like maybe in the trials at the beginning of the year, but even so, like they'd still have 10 blokes not playing in those trials. So they're not being able to develop as players. So I think we're really lucky here in Australia that we've got such a healthy club competition below everyone to be able to get some game time into them. Bloody oath. Bloody oath, mate. And you've just come off what looked like a, a hell of a week, World 15 <sighs> and bar bars. <laughs> mate, yeah. Um, yeah, tell us. Tell us and it was tell us everything. I knew I knew it was going to be a big week. Like I knew it was going to be like a lot of fun, but just the whole week was just it's like I was back at college again. It was awesome, and it was great because like we were we we were stacked our team. Like I think originally they wanted the World Fifteen to be like the team that the Harlem Globetrotters kicked the shit out of, but we ended up being a pretty good squad all coming yeah. together. So. We had a good week. Steve Hansen, my God, he is impressive. Like, I've barely spoken to him in the 10 years I've played against him, but he is, no wonder he's won everything. Like, he's just walks in, commands the room, really nice guy. You know, first day, he's like, right, I'm going to be the first one to have a really good week this week. I want you guys to have a good week, but we have a responsibility (laughs) in rugby. There's a World Cup coming up. I feel like everything's sort of dipped a bit. All these teams fold in the UK. We need to get everyone excited for the World Cup year. And it's our responsibility to do that. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm ready to all for this bike. Let's go. Like, <laughs> so he was awesome. He was really good work value as well. Like, we didn't have a lot of trainings. It was like we trained two days from 10.30 till 12 and then 
uh, the Thursday we trained 11 till 12 and then a little captain's run. So it wasn't okay. a lot, but like every night it was like 5.30 in the team room. We're going to have a beer before we go to dinner. Like, so every night you're sitting there having a beer and you're just having a chat with blokes who you played against so many times, but yeah, you've never really had a, been able to catch up with. And it was just a really good experience. Like there's blokes in there, you know, the Italians were unreal. There was these three Italian boys who were just like wild all week. And then as we know, the Fijians just dominated. Big Sammy Rajraja was oh, out of freak. control. He was awesome. And he's he's a weapon, man. He's so big. Like him and Israel Flau standing next to each other. I was like, oh my God. Like if I'm going to Star Wars and I need to clone one person, like I'm just getting both of you and we're just forming an army. <laughs> 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 so that was really cool. It was a great week. We uh, we ended up losing just in the, in the game, but I, I don't really think it was about that. I think the ref was letting forward pass and stuff go. We scored some pretty entertaining tries, and it was a, it was a good week. Mate. Like it was a real box tick. I loved it. It was a good good experience. Bloody eye. mate. And speaking of ticking boxes, mate, beautiful family. Um, wife Ebony, mate. You've obviously got the three kids, Huxley, Bailey, <laughs> and relatively new arrival in Scarlet, mate. Uh, <laughs> Outside of rugby for you, you've obviously been able to give them the best of um, the world as young kids over in England and now, you know, one of the safest places and the best places in the world to raise a family in Japan. Um, what's uh, Fangs as an old man? What's it, what's it like for you on the outside? The problem are the kids are exactly like me, like real terrorists, <laughs> like little shitbags just running around all day causing carnage. Like, I'm really lucky. I guess I'm really lucky I had the Pentagon to prepare myself for children. So, uh, John O'Lance will do that to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. My kids are way easier than him. But <laughs> they've had a great time. We had two of our kids over in England. Um, so we almost left them behind, but we thought we'd take them with us. Uh, back, in the, back in the container yeah, with the gear. That's it. The boys are at a local kindy, and you're always like, oh, you learn any, any Japanese words today? And they're like, oh, no, not really. Like, and the teacher kept saying dame to me, which is like, stop it. And like, you met her on a mass, which is like, please behave. So like, they're getting all that side of the language sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm very lucky. And my wife's been unbelievable. She's loved the journey as well. We're, we're living in a really quiet part of Tokyo, which is great. We're not right in the guts of it. We're, you know, we would dead set be the only foreigners within 20 kilometers. And it's funny, like, they're, people would walk down the street and wave to us because they know that we're the foreigners, which is unreal. We've had a, you know, we've met all our neighbours, been invited around for meals and had like a couple of them around for barbecues and stuff. It's It's been a really good experience and we're loving our time sort of over in Japan at the moment for sure. Um, before we get to our fast five, uh, Eddie Jones has uh, taken over the helm of the Wallabies. World Cup just around the corner. Uh what can we expect from uh, the group of players that he selects for the World Cup? I love, I, I love him. I love Eddie. Yeah. I, like, yeah. yeah. yeah you sound a, a bit like Eddie too, the way you're talking. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny because when I was in England, like a lot of the boys would be called in the camps for him and uh, they used to come back with some ripping yarns like... He's got so many like tricks that he loves playing on the boys. Like one of our players, Tom Parton, he likes to like call you the wrong name and see if you pull him up on it. So he'll be like, "Oi, Dave, uh, what do you reckon about when we go around the corner there?" And Tom's like twenty years old. He's like, "How does he not even know my name?" Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he do like tricks like that, which is quite funny. No, I'm going to argue he's going to be good. 
I like Eddie because, like, a lot of the English boys didn't like him, but the boys that didn't like him were the ones that were not doing what he wanted. Like, he wants oh, yeah. hard players. He wants tough. He wants them, you know, working hard. He wants big boys, like, collision, winning collisions all the time. And a lot of those players who would whinge about him in the press and stuff were the so... ones that were not able to do that. Like, yeah. So, like, I'm pumped. I'm glad England let him go because we get him. I think he's going to bring some hard boys into into that those games, like the first game against South Africa, I think. I, I'm excited to see what he does about a lot of those overseas players because, you know, obviously there's the new Guido Law point 1.1 where you're only allowed to pick three people over 20 or something. But, you know, he writes the rules. He'll he'll do what he wants. Like he, the he World Cup say, here. we change it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, <laughs> who's to say, like, why should we have to pick between, like, Marika Korobiti or Luis hey, Gunter? Exactly. Let's get them get in. Them get the best. Fly them in. Chopper them in. They're obviously, they're obviously hungry to play, and they're yeah. just as Australian as anyone else. Like, let's get them in. Like, I love Eddie. I think he's going to be unreal for us, and especially because – this is his first year, so he'll bring the shock factor real early. And, and mm. like Czech in 2015, that was his first year. You know, he, he changed the shape. Yeah. Some players missed out, unfortunately, but, you know, a lot of players got an opportunity and they, were, they thanked him for it. So, you know, I'm looking forward to Eddie getting in charge. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who he's throwing out there, who's... Uh, Who's, who's who's sort of like on his good list, and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the press conferences too because they're brilliant. <laughs> he's good. Yeah, it's that finger's phone's going to load up. There it is. I, I, thought, yeah, I was just thinking like he keeps he's checking for it. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. He's on next. We, we had him on the show last week, but he, uh, <laughs> we ran yeah, out of time. Yeah. You must have a new <laughs> Australian <laughs> number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll hit me up on Instagram. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Mate, we do a thing called Dow's Fast Five. Dow's not here, so unfortunately I've got to do it, mate. Um, Just five (laughs) questions. First thing that pops into your mind. Um, uh, If you could pick an athlete from any other sport to come and play in your World 15, who would it be? Tyson Fury. Oh, Oh, shit. That's a good one. That's a good one. one. King in the second row. Uh And I want to be standing behind him just being the biggest smart ass. And just letting the the big fella sort of out. He's huge, too. He's like six six foot eight. I think he's six nine. Big engine. Big engine on him. Fit as a fiddle. Oh, oh, I don't need him to be any of that. I was yeah. <laughs> one of you boys at the bottom right sort of pointed him out. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. He didn't do me. Him. He pushed me. <laughs> he pushed me. <laughs> <laughs> what a hardback. Mate, um, a uh, highlight of your career? Uh, we spoke about 14, 2014 title and 2015 World Cup. Unreal. Love it. Mate, uh, favourite uh, all-time teammate? Uh, hard to go past Bernard Foley, but I'll never say it to his face. Uh, we played professionally together since 2010 uh, and very unprofessionally since 2007. So we've <laughs> shared a lot of memories together. Um, he's the kind of guy that you can build squads around, build teams around, and he's someone that's certainly, you know, him playing outside me has made me look very good at a lot of stages in my career. So you know, he's a good man to have on and off the field in your corner. Love it. Mate, um... Least favourite teammate of all time. Joe Lance. Oh, oh, sorry. You can I'll think about it. That. You can. Uh, <laughs> let me. I didn't quite finish the least favourite oh, teammate no. of all time. <laughs> One of the greats, Jono. He's unbelievable player. Jesus, a good player, but just like 
one of those kids that's clearly signed straight out of school as the most talented kid and then like not learning anything like like i said he put milk in the kettle because he wanted skills. to make hot chocolate and um, uh. one night we had a particularly big night and i woke up at like 6 30 in the morning i'm like here we go what's that smell like am i on fire what's happening so i walk downstairs and there's just smoke billowing out of the oven like billowing like I was like, what is happening? He's gotten home and put in like 80 nuggets into the oven <laughs> and then passed out on his bed. <laughs> so it's quite lucky the Pentagon isn't a big smoldering mess at the moment because we've got the light on fire. Mate, uh, <laughs> most influ- influential person in your life and or career? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, younger, there was a guy called Ben Gavin at my school. Uh, Kings, you've spoken about School of Hard Knocks. Um, he was a guy, he was coaching the seconds at school and he was the athletics coach and he's the kind of guy, I was a little, real little rat bag when I was younger at school, so he gave me a lot of things to do away from the classroom that kept me out of trouble and I, he taught me hard work and, you know, how to play footy really, the way to play the game and that's something that I'll forever be thankful for him for and, now towards the back end of my career, definitely my wife. She's unbelievable. She's a great sounding board. She she understands a lot more about rugby than uh, she'll let on, but she's always got some great advice for me along the way. Bloody oath. Absolutely fantastic. And last, just last one, Nick. A lot of people know you as Fangsy, but a lot of people wouldn't know where you got that nickname from. Fill us in. Oh, it's it's a rubbish story. When I, my old man was a teacher the school of hard knocks and I grew up on the property there and uh, he used to drive his car around school like a maniac and they used to call everyone used to call him banger and then when I was growing up because I was like a kid I'd be tiny and they're like oh it's little fang and it just always stuck there's always someone from kings in any sort of team or environment I've ever been in like once you fang you sort of think that's a funny little nickname you just call him that forever even like the the Japanese boys at the, the mighty NEC Rockets, bottom of the ladder, number one in your heart. They uh, <laughs> hang out as well. So <laughs> it's, uh, it rolls off the tongue a bit different, but the, the, the intent's still there. <laughs> That's actually sick. That's a sick nickname. <laughs> All right, Fanger, mate, appreciate you, right. you joining us this evening, mate. It's been absolutely awesome. Hopefully we can see you in France at the back end of this year. You've done everything you possibly can to get Eddie Jones to give you a tingle. But <laughs> yeah, either way, true. mate. We appreciate your time and we'll wish you all the best, brother, moving forward. No, lads, thank you very much. And uh, like I said, I've been a long-time listener. I've always been a big fan of all your boys. So keep up the good work. Someone needs to be plugging the mighty game in Australia and you guys are doing an awesome job. So well done. Let's go. Round of applause. All right, Fango, all the best, brother. We'll chat to you soon. Cheers, lads. Have a good show. Later, See brother. you later. Nick Phipps, everybody. Round of applause. Nick Phipps. Hell yeah, man. Mate, as I said, one of the most requested guests we've had, and a lot of the time it's actually from past players that have actually said, get Fanger in the mix, mate. He's... I thought it was Eddie Jones. He told us that. Oh, player. Player, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we caught him at the back end of last week's show. He, we wanted to apologise for we ran out of time, but, mate, he's good gas, isn't he, Quirky? Mate, uh, as a, like, he, he's, he's always got subtle little stabs, but he does it in, like, the most... <laughs> Halfback you know, like dad centric way you yeah. can, you know, uh, like Kings, well, yeah. yeah, you know, the Sydney Uni plugs, the Kings plugs, and all that. So, <laughs> but mate, yeah, played a lot of footy with Fang, and mate, he's he's one of the greats. He's a um, yeah, loves his footy, but he uh, also loves to drink beers. Oh, oh. <laughs> no one he does, like doesn't him. he? Yeah. I, I find the more we talk to halfbacks, 
Like, they're actually not as bad a blokes as they seem on the field. You know what I mean? Like, like Nick White, <laughs> yeah. he seems angry, right? And go, oh, I'm going to hate him. Great bloke. Really mellow, Fips, cool right? dude, yeah. Good bloke. Yeah. Right? And he even admits, he's like, oh, I'll just love a big second row just so I can throw shit behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Chirping. <laughs> he did it. Oh, mate. All right, before we get into our red hot takes and our rugby's, Big Fat Dars, anything for the Battlers bench this yeah, week? Yeah, we do. Um, uh, Zachy, did you get that video that Jabor finished? Oh. Did he send that to you? No. Oh. What, what happened, Jabor? Didn't get done? Life's been... Didn't get done. Oh, well, Battlers bench. Thanks. Round of applause, Battlers bench this week. Thanks, I promise next week we will have it sorted. <laughs> I apologise. Oh. Life's been tough. I had a wedding on the weekend. Nah, I've got nah, another nah. one this weekend. Oh, double header. Yeah, mate. Very popular. Oh. This, this is guy. what it's like when you've got friends, Big Fat Dars. So the wedding oh. guy. That's me, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what colour suit you rock for a wedding? Brown. Nice. Chocolate brown. Chalk. Mm. No, oh, winter, it's no winter. socks in the shoes, Connor. No, no socks. Yeah, oh, socks, socks with slip-on loafers. I, assume, yeah. I think yeah, I was no, on quirky yeah. little. No shot. No socks. Ankles showing. No shocks either. Yeah, sh- <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a couple of shocks. I'll give shackles? you that. Oh, yeah, I'll get you shock later on the night. <laughs> no, I scrub up all right, man. Yeah, no, that's no. a shock. Sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sweaty shins. It's all happening. Tie? Uh, you go? You'd go fancy little timber bow tie or something. No, no, no. It's just like a little. Navy mesh tie matching my navy socks with my brown suit. Uh, yeah, I hate this. It's making me feel weird. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Battle's bench. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now it's, time for our, now it's time for our red hot takes for the upcoming weekend. Big fat dust. What are you what are you thinking, mate? What are you backing in? Mate, uh, last week I picked Manly to beat Gordon mm-hmm. and they Manly flogged Gordon. Pumped him. Picked up a bonus point. Uh, Wildfire's also won. So now... Mate, you? At the, at the moment, we've got a two-way tie top of the table between Hunter and Manly at the moment, both on 38. They've got a week off. Is that right, Zachy? Yep. Shoot, she's got a week off. But let's go over to Super Rugby. Now. This is a very red hot take. <laughs> Tars. Tars to win. Tars to win. Tars to win. Tars to win. Tars to beat the Blues. In Auckland. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Not. I just think they're Why not? so bad. Why, Why not? not? Why not? They're just playing so badly the last couple of weeks. That <laughs> they're due. <laughs> and that's all you need for a red hot take. And the Blues are in great form going into finals. And yes, they'll shit the bed. Yeah. They lost to Moana anyway, whatever. Nah, red hot. But but sometimes you need it. You need it. Sometimes yes. you need I think they it. want the win. Yeah. I think they want it. Yeah, so. they want it. Whereas the Blues have just been playing such good football. Surely they're going to shit the bed. They're probably focusing on semis and Ugh, GF, right? Idiots. Week to week, mate. That's where footy's won. Just before we go ahead with Quirkies, your red hot takes this year have been unbelievable I in the shoot I shield. Red red hot. Mate, you have, you'd be hitting like 90%. The only one you didn't jag was, I think, Hunter lost by that's a point. point. Yeah, that was way off. Other than that, mate, you are back. That's where my, my phone fell down the lift shaft, Zachy. Isn't that right? Uh, roll the camera back. should be on you, Zachy. I told you. Fill the rear. <laughs> any, I reckon any betting company that wants to sponsor you as an individual mm. needs to get going. Get on it. Sit on it. While it's cheap. Yeah. Cowbunga. Yeah. Quirky. Uh, you got, mate? Your red hot take. I'm... Swaying towards Super Rugby as well. Um, red hot take. The Jura to beat the Satyrs at home in extra time. 
just extra time. Yes. Well, hold on. We've got to talk about you last week. Reds to win by three points at the death. At the death. Yeah, I don't think that was my one. It 100% Yeah, was. yeah, it was. I had you sold on that. Yeah, yeah. I had you sold on that. Look, in my, red hot, my red hot take was a red hot flop last week. That's okay. Look, I was, just, I was just... That's what, It's a red hot take, mate. You meant yeah, to be right I was just trying in. to build the Queensland spirit within the, um, within the group. And, uh, yeah. Surely they weren't watching. Drew no, they really? weren't. They weren't. So I've got Drew to yeah. beat the Satyrs. I just... Chilly night in Christchurch could be a bit tricky, but yeah. you never know. I just... They... They played them really well last time. I know it was in Fiji, but they played them really well. So, and I know it's hard to beat the Satyrs in town, but mate, they're just they're fizzing at the moment. Those boys, and it is knockout footy now. Yeah, different Fiji type of footy, right? Back, yep. Fiji don't put the cue in the rack, so hopefully and, they go, mate, all in or nothing. And they're a side that when they've got nothing to lose, and there's a big Fijian cohort in. Uh, down in Christchurch, down in Can- Canterbury. So as if they're not going to be out and about, just shaking and grooving. Oh, so after wearing navy socks and blue mesh ties, right, after the game? <laughs> you douchebag. All right, that's our red hot takes. Now it's time for our rugby watch. Big fat dust, starting with you out of Moana Pacifica. It was Tommy th- uh, Tomothy, Timothy Tavatavanawai. Mate. He's so thick. What is he, five, five foot five or something? Thicker yeah, than a bowl of oatmeal, mate. Anywhere from 106 kilos to 111 kilos, mate. Because <laughs> he fluctuates. <This> little cannonball, <laughs> Depends mate. Depends if he takes a shit or go. not. Like, he dips his head. You know where he's going to go, but they just can't seem to... He's just mate, pinballing off him, mate. Pinballing. Uh, I think he got two tries this game. Mate, they just didn't want anything to do with him. Look at that, mate. Just loves it. Just He's been... There's been six or seven standout wingers in the comp, and he, I think, playing with Moana, he doesn't get as many opportunities. But whatever he does, he fucking takes, mate. Oh, and, mate. I think he, he got a couple of, he got let go of the Blues or Hurricane squad. They looked at him, didn't want him. Mm-hmm. Picked up by Moana after playing for someone in the NPC mm-hmm. Cup. I did some research. You know, <laughs> then it just didn't write just it down. Just slipped out your brain. Just went. Didn't yeah. write it down. But that's but, okay, mate. He's mate, been absolutely red hot. And as time. you said, doesn't get the kudos he probably deserves no. considering he um, he is obviously playing for Moana. But, mate, absolute gun. Quirky, your, uh, your rugby couldn't go past Dan Coles out of the canes, mate. Mate, the king of the niggle. Uh, played his last game down there in the cake tin. Mate, I've uh, play, played him a lot and he is a grub. And I love it. And made a bit. We're going to say something different. No, he's mate, not I'm, a grub. He's a, nah. he's a grub. And, but but oh, th- that's his game. That's what it, you know. And love I think um, he got stuck in with his opposite here. Is oh. his all black mate? Uh, they had a bit of a rough and tumble, as you can see here. But mate, look, he um, and they'd be good close mates. But mate, Colsey doesn't stand back from a little bit of field, a biffo. Mate. So I think uh, the Canes are going to miss him. But mate, he's um, how good's he been for a very very long time. Awesome. And built like a third grade hooker, mate. I was about to say, like, to be fair, last year, he looks like a 53-year-old man, right? Looks like someone's dad. But him against Cody Taylor, right? Cody's, like, a lot bigger than him, but, mate. Dane Coles, mate, just doesn't let he go. He is deceptive, though. Yeah, yeah. And he is just the king of the niggle, mate. He's an absolute gun. Uh, Dow couldn't be here tonight, unfortunately. We didn't even touch on that. But his rugby was Max Bury out of uh, the Western Force, mate. You see there, one try, 35 metres. But... Try assists. This the try it, he it, scores yeah, yeah. is an absolute 
barn burner. Like that little grubber through, gobbled up by Tim Ancy there, mate. Max Bury, since making his debut um, a month or so ago, has mm. just hit the ground running, and you've seen it when plying his trade for Norths. He's been catapulting them up the ladder for the last couple of years, but now he has hit the ground running in Super Rugby, and mate, he's a bona fide professional footy player, and he's going to be in the mixer for a bloody long time. I think the force too, they've been looking for a 10. They've been signing 10s yeah. again and again and again every year, and we've never really seen a 10 cement the spot. Like, you know, he's relatively fresh and new, and he was he was demanding a lot from older guys around mm -hmm. him. Yeah. He was steering the ship. And then again, like two or three big flare moments. So. Yeah. Like consistent, he, he keeps there. consistency key. He can hang on to that jersey for Bloody ages right. if I he wants to. Him and Rishan Pasatoa could have a good little rivalry, uh, healthy one over there in the force. <laughs> yeah, Downstairs we ran into a the, random, uh, wait, wait, random wait, piss port, office. port office. This bloke used to play for the Raiders back in no, I don't know, whatever. And he was like, no. Reese Jam Pasatoa. Better than, Ricky Stewart. better than Ricky Stewart. Better than Ricky Stewart. And I just know. Like, Lady, you're scaring us. Like, what the like fuck? Breathe it on just, us. Like, like oh, bro. Smoked a thousand durries. Yeah. Just pissed as at about 6.30 on a Thursday night. Jable's still got his uh, washing basket full of our recording gear doing the podcast <laughs> upstairs. What are you doing, mate? He's like, I need to go home, mate. It's like, so do you. Bundled us up. We're like, mate. Little did hell. you know, he had the uh, crystal ball. Yeah, well, oh, mate, he was a lunatic, this guy. He had, he had um, crystal in the other sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a crystal pipe, that is cool. <laughs> All right, thanks very much for tuning in for this week's episode of the Pack Rugby Show. Quirky, big fat ass, as per usual. Dassy. Absolutely. Zachy boy on the ones and twos out of the Double Take Studios, mate. Absolute gun. Couldn't do it without you. In the meantime, stay safe, enjoy your footy, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Good luck at your wedding. <laughs>